Hello, welcome to 633 Discipleship Podcast. Here's a question for some Christians, perhaps for you, perhaps for me. Are we scared of getting it wrong? Years ago, I was driving on the motorway, taking my son back to university. The car was inevitably filled to the roof with stuff. And this little episode stuck with me. My son said to me, Dad, you know God's will? Yes, I replied. Why? Well, he asked, what if you get it wrong? Now, that's a great question. I reckon that happens. It's happened for me, and it probably has for you. Or at the very least, we contend as Christians to live a bit scared of getting it wrong. Particularly when we really want to please God with our lives, really want to honour him, and we don't want to take a wrong step. Now, it's not difficult to think of Bible examples of people who got it wrong. Abraham, for example. God's promise of a child hasn't come through yet. So he took an extra wife, Hagar, at his wife's suggestion, uh, to enable him to get a child. It wasn't what God wanted. Or Moses, so incensed with the injustice that his people Israel were, were suffering at the hand of the Egyptians, that he committed murder and then ran for his life. Mm, not quite God's plan for his life. Elkanah and Naomi, read about them in Ruth. They left their own nation during a famine, which seemed absolutely reasonable, I guess, but they went to a nation that didn't know God, and it led to disaster for their family. Elkanah died there, their two sons died there, leaving Naomi, the mother, destitute in a pagan land. Not God's plan for their lives. David, so important as the king of Israel, that he stopped leading his own army out to war, stayed home, saw a beautiful woman that he fancied and committed adultery, which then led to him having her husband killed in an attempt to cover it all up. Not really what God would have wanted for his chosen king. So, back to that motorway question. What if you get it wrong? I thought for a moment when he asked me that and then replied, What's so bad about getting it wrong? <laughs> Inevitably, he asked me what I meant. Well, here's what I meant. There are all those big guns in the Bible. You know, the heroes, the ones who made it into that roll call of faith in Hebrews 11. The ones we look to as the amazing people who did great things for God. Well, fortunately for us, the Bible also records where they got stuff wrong. So in there, there is a biblical approval for my comment, what's so bad about getting it wrong? I guess what's bothering me now is that there's someone listening who's really having an issue with me because you think I'm condoning sinning. Well, I'm not condoning it, but neither am I willing to big it up as a more major problem than it is. Let me explain. Even though Abraham got it wrong, God still came through on his promise of a child for him and Sarah, who would be the means to the nation God had also promised to bring about. Even though Moses got it seriously wrong, God still fulfilled his own plan to set his people free, and Moses was absolutely at the heart of that plan. Though Elkanah and Naomi made a bad choice, God still had a way of providing for Naomi in her distress and used the bad choice as part of the answer 
in the form of her daughter-in-law, Ruth. And David, well, for all he made a messy choice and did some bad things, God was still able to call him a man after my own heart. So do our choices not matter? By no means. They're crucial and we need to make the best ones we can. But should we be living in fear of making poor choices and decisions? Absolutely not. That is not God's desire for you and for me. If someone listening now is living with the consequences of a bad choice or a poor decision that's taken you off track of God's will, you need to hear this. God is your Redeemer. He takes our bad choices and he's able to turn them around and still bring us into his will and blessing. That often requires our repentance. Consider David when the prophet Nathan came to him and challenged what he'd done with Bathsheba in committing adultery. David repented and wept and God forgave him. He still lived with the consequences, but not, I believe, with the regret, shame and guilt. Listen for a minute to some extracts from David's psalm in Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Wash me clean from my guilt, purify me from my sin. For I recognise my rebellion, it haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You've broken me, now let me rejoice. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. See, David wrote that as a response to his sin and God coming to him looking for repentance. David knew that as he opened himself to his God, he could be changed. Now that's why he was a man after God's own heart. Not that he never got it wrong, but that he knew where to run when he had. Anyway, back again to that motorway conversation. My son wanted to know what I meant when I said, what's so bad about getting it wrong? So, I continued. There's a difference between a mistake and sin, between a poor choice and rebellion. Remember, David used that word in Psalm 51, rebellion. Our humanness means we don't always know the full facts. We're not always able to consider all the possibilities and sometimes we rush to a conclusion ahead of time. Those things are different from telling God to push off, refusing to consult him or pursuing our own path regardless of what we heard from him. That's rebellion. And I suspect this was David's problem over his adultery episode. But even that can still be repented of as David discovered and the Bible account assures us of. If we make a poor choice, I explained to my son, we need to come back to God and say sorry. Ask him to turn us and the situation around. He can and he will. Being or even doing wrong aren't the main issue. Refusing to listen to him is the real issue of our discipleship. And relationship requires a conversation. 2 Timothy 3 tells us this, verse 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God 
and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realise what is wrong in our lives. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So use scripture, the Bible, not our culture, nor how others live or behave. Use scripture for identifying wrong and right. Just by looking at how God deals with imperfect people in the Bible, we can see how he will deal with us. And if he was so clearly gracious in the Old Testament, how much more for us now we live in the good and the blessing of the new covenant that flows from Jesus' life, death and resurrection. Remember this. First, Jesus came to take away the sin of the world, and that includes you and me. And second, God's kindness leads to repentance and grace, not to judgment. So even the psalmist could say in Psalm 94 verse 12, Joyful are those you discipline, Lord, those you teach with your instructions. Joyful. So, let me finish up here. Never be scared of getting it wrong. Don't be paralysed with fear about making a decision or choosing a path. Remember, your God is for you, not against you. Never rebel against what he says to you. Always consult him over every step you take. Build the relationship with Jesus. He's your good shepherd and you can hear his voice. And his perfect love will cast out the fear even of getting it wrong. Because he has an answer for that too. It's repentance, grace, forgiveness and a brand new day. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you came to take away the sin of the world and that includes mine. That includes ours. So please, Lord Jesus, where we've got it wrong in the past, would you forgive us? Would you apply your grace into those parts of our hearts and our lives where we know we've got it wrong in the past? Would you give us hope? Would you give us hope that the fear or the harm of a wrong choice would not lock us into guilt and into shame, but your grace and your hope will set us free. Oh, Father, help us to understand your forgiveness that is so freely made available through the Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, will you give us courage to move on with Jesus even after our mistakes, even after we get it wrong, even after we even sin and rebel sometimes. And oh, Lord Jesus, May we gain greater clarity about how we hear your voice, the voice of the Good Shepherd. And in hearing that voice, be energised and enabled to live for you and to walk closely with you, humbly with you, and to walk holy with you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this 633 Discipleship Podcast. Uh, please check back soon to see other content on the website or on Facebook or on Twitter. God bless.